Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's podcast, I'm going to talk about how candidates try to read the profile of interviewers and the behavior of interviewers to determine if they're doing well or doing badly, right? I'm going to use some anecdotes to explain why this never works and how you should respond to this. You know, what should you do when you're in a case? How should you read the profile of the interviewer? Well, let me give you a few anecdotes. Let's look at the way I interview, for example. I used to do interviews all the way from when I was a consultant, sort of MBA level, all the way up to a partner. And uh, my style was very different from most people. I'm generally quiet in an interview. If I think you're going to fail, I'm not going to put pressure on you. I'll be honest with you. If I think you're doing badly and you're struggling and you are really doing badly or even not going to make it, I'll be very super polite to you, right? I'm really not going to put you under a lot of pressure. I don't want to be rude to you. I know you're struggling. I know you're not going to crack it. I can see you. You're struggling with this. I'd rather just make this a pleasant experience for you because clearly internally, you're having a hard time. Why make it worse for you? But on the other hand, if I think you're actually quite a smart guy, and you're doing a pretty good job, but I need to test if you're really doing a good job or you're just guessing your way through it. I'm going to put pressure on you. I'll ask a lot of questions. I'll stop you in the middle of what you're doing just to see whether you can maintain your train of thought. I'll then ask you to flip something around in your calculation. I'll ask you for details. I'll even tell you, are you sure you are right? Totally change the dynamic to test whether this person is really sure of themselves. Now, most people who go to interviews with me are very shocked when they get that. They think, oh my God, Michael's asking me 15 questions. I must be doing something wrong. But they don't realize the reason I'm asking you 15 questions is because I actually think you're doing very well. And I'm testing to see if you're doing well by chance or whether or not you are just guessing your way through it. In fact, people I put a lot of pressure on are usually people I like. I really push them very hard because I believe they can go very far and they can absorb the heat. If you're doing a case with me and you're not getting any pressure from me, you should more or less realize you're doing a pretty bad job, right? If I'm asking you no questions generally, if I ask no questions in a case, in training, you're doing a good job. If I ask no questions and we're doing a case interview, it's a bad job. But in training, it's a good job. If I ask a lot of questions during training, then you're doing a bad job. Because remember, training is different. I'm trying to teach you. And the only way I can teach is by interrupting and checking and adding viewpoint. But in a real case, if I was in a consulting firm, if I ask no questions, it's a bad thing. Now, the point is most candidates think they're doing a bad job. And because they think they're doing a bad job, when I ask these questions, they sort of close down, they become defensive, they can't speak as much. But what if I told them, look, at the beginning of the case, I said, if I ask a lot of questions and I ask tons of questions, you must know you're doing a good job. Just be happy with it. The dynamic would change, right? If I give them a lot of questions, they obviously respond well. So the point I'm trying to make is that you don't know what the interviewer's mood is and how you're doing when they ask you a lot of questions or when they don't ask you questions. So don't presume anything, right? With me particularly, people think I'm attacking them. I'm not attacking them. I'm actually quite interested in what you're doing if I'm doing a case with you. But if it's a training program and I don't ask questions, you're doing well. If I ask questions in a case interview, you are doing well. So if you're doing cases with me and we're training in the coaching program and I ask no questions, take that as a good sign. That means I can see nothing to interrupt on. Let's take another anecdote. Let's look at Bain and Company. Bain and Company has a reputation for being super polite in interviews because they used to be super rude 15 years ago. So clearly they got a lot of constructive feedback and they decided to act on it, right? 
And thankfully, the chairman of Bain drove a hard line in terms of getting them to be much more polite. So Bain is uber polite. I mean, they're so polite, you may think the interviewer is flirting with you. I mean, it could happen, right? It could happen where you think this guy is just, you know, as a something for you and he was going to ask you out on a date. So be very careful. Candidates always come out of a Bain interview saying, my God, Michael, this was the best interview I've ever had. They really loved me. And I'm so confident I'm going to get the next one. But I say, look, hold on a second. Bain is polite to everyone, right? It's like your husband, you leave him alone at the table for 15 minutes and he's telling every waitress he can lay his eyes on that she's the most beautiful woman in the world and he wants to marry her. Because he tells this to every single waitress, he doesn't mean anything. And Bain's a little bit like that. They are polite to everyone because it is their new cultural ethos they're trying to drive to be the most pleasant experience that you engage when you engage a consulting firm. So when you come out of a Bain interview, just because they were polite with you doesn't mean anything. It's that's their personality. They're now polite people. But the point is that's the image they have, right? So when you come out of a Bain interview, do not judge anything into the politeness or the niceness of the interview. That is just standard operating practice for them. So you can't read anything, right, from a Bain interview. Politeness means nothing. It's standard operating procedure. When an interviewer is quiet, right, can you read anything from that? No. As I pointed out, when I do case coaching with candidates, I am very quiet if they're doing well. But that's because I'm telling you my style. If you don't know the style of the interview, you can't read anything into it. If you don't know how people react when they're quizzical, when they're skeptical, when they're happy, you don't know how to read anything. A rude interviewer, an interviewer gives you a really hard time, may end up backing you the most. And I actually get this a lot from candidates where they'll say that the guy that I thought I was doing really bad with ended up giving me very good feedback, but the guy I thought I had a great report with ended up giving me bad feedback. And this is very interesting. People always confuse politeness with competence. Just because someone is polite to you doesn't mean you have any competence. You know, In fact, the less competent someone is, the more polite I generally am with them because I don't want to get into an argument with someone who's not going to be able to you know, have a logical, rational discussion. So as a candidate, avoid reading too much into the mood and style of the interviews. My only piece of advice for you is that don't give the interviewer the benefit of the doubt. Assume that even if an interviewer is super friendly, even if they're super polite, even if they're quiet, even if they look a little bit agitated, do the best you can and do more than you normally would have done. Communicate correctly. Treat the interviewer like, you know what, I'm going to do my best to make sure they understand what I'm doing. Never adjust your style to the quietness and the mood of the interviewer. Treat every case like you have to give your best. I mean, as these two anecdotes show, the one in Bain and the way I analyze cases, you cannot predict how the style of the interviewer is a reflection of your performance on the case. The only way you can do that is if you know the interviewer beforehand and you know how they respond to things that are going well or things that are going badly. But even then, as the case of Bain shows, right, even if something is going well or is going badly, the culture of the organization may permeate it or even the culture of that office may permeate it and you may not be able to read signals. And people are always going to tell me, but I have a friend. And if, you, if you're going to use that comment, then you should listen to the podcast earlier about what I think when you say, but I have a friend or if I look at my friends. Just because your friends had an experience doesn't mean it's reflective of the rest of the world. Consulting firms have offices in every country and it's not homogenous. It is very different, right? The only firm that I say is quite homogenous in their behavior in terms of friendliness is Bain. But not always. I mean, I've heard stories from uh, Dubai and Southeast Asia where things get a little bit testy. So the moral of the story is do not try to read the personality of your interview and react to this. Always give your best shot. Even if things look super friendly, don't assume you are doing well. You could just be doing very badly and 
no one has the, I think, the guts to tell you that and they're going to fail you anyway. Always assume the worst and plan for the best, right? That's what you should do. Or actually, that should be always, always assume the best and plan for the worst. I think that's the saying. Yes. Always plan for the worst. Always assume things are going to be much worse than they could really be and give it your all in the interview. Do not assume because someone is friendly, things are going well and you can take things a little bit lightly. As always, I'll be happy if you post any comments and I'll be happy to respond to them. Thank you. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.